This is an iKendak audio blog entry for the post Building, Previewing and Deploying Nanox Sites Using an iPad, published on February 4th, 2019. You can find a link to this post in the show notes of your podcast app. For the first time in this blog's history, I'm going to try my very best to write, edit, polish and deploy a post using only an iPad. Sort of. I'll let you know if I was successful at the end. The unfortunate reality of the iPad right now, in 2019, is that for many workflows it simply isn't viable as a replacement for a real computer. For the workflows that can be done entirely on an iPad, those that manage to do so end up allowing us to modify an old joke. How can you tell if somebody uses an iPad as a laptop replacement? Don't worry, they'll tell you. This isn't to belittle their achievements. Building a viable workflow for any serious task that requires more than one app on an iPad is a real challenge, and people are damn right to be proud of their collections of shortcuts and URL callback trees. However, slowly but surely the iPad is getting there as a desirable computer for getting work done. Personally, the 2018 iPad Pro crossed over that line for me, for a couple of reasons. And for the first time in the iPad's history, it's a computer I want to carry around with me and use for real work. Now, unfortunately for me, I'm a developer. And because of that, when I see a problem, I come up with a developer solution. Most people have been able to write articles on their blogs on their iPad for years. They just log in to Squarespace or WordPress or whatever else they've chosen and write away. My blog, however, uses Nanoc. Nanoc is a program that takes a pile of files, processes them, and spits out another pile of files that happens to be a website. I then upload this pile of files to my web server and my article is live. To do this, I simply open my terminal, cd into my directory, and then run bundle exec nanoc to generate. And then we can start to see why this won't work on an iPad. So what do I really want to achieve here? So I want to be able to write blog posts on my iPad, preview them on my iPad to check for layout problems, to see how the photos look and to make sure the links are correct. And then once I'm happy with my post, I want to publish it to my blog for everybody to see. Step one is easy enough. I find a text editor and type words into it. However, step two is where we really start to fall over pretty hard. Many editors can preview markdown files, but they only preview them locally. They won't put the preview into my website's layout. They often won't display photos. And generally, they won't parse and display the custom HTML I put into my posts. To achieve this, we really need to be able to put the locally modified content through Nanoc itself and display the output through a HTTP server. This is easy peasy on a traditional computer, but not so on an iPad. And here we arrive at why I'm only sort of writing this post using an iPad. While I'm sitting here typing this post, although I'm now standing here speaking it, I have computers elsewhere helping me along a little bit. My solution has two computers on top of the iPad. The first is a continuous integration or CI server, watching my blog's repository for changes, then pulling the changes down and building them with Nanoc for every change that it sees. Second is a static web server set up to serve content from a location based on the subdomain used to access it. And that last part is important and we'll get to that later. So as I'm writing this, I'm committing the changes to a branch of my blog's repository. Let's say it's called post slash nanoc on iPad. 
Once I push a commit, my CI server will pick it up, build it, and then deploy it to a web server. I can then go to HTTP post nanoc on ipad dot static hyphen staging dot icend dot ac to view the results. It's not quite a live preview since my blog is about 400 megabytes of content and the build server takes a minute or two to process it all. But it's enough that I can write my blog post with Safari in split view and I can reload occasionally to see how it's going. So the first thing we need to do is get a CI server to build our Nanox site. I won't actually cover that directly in this post. There are lots of CI services available and many of them are free. Since Nanox is a Ruby gem, you can set up a cheap or free Linux-based man, people are going to kill me for that. You can set a cheap or free Linux-based setup without too much cost. Personally, I'm using Team City running on a Mac Mini, mostly because I already have that setup and running for other things. Team City has a fairly generous free plan and I get on with how it operates pretty well. In my post here we can see a screenshot of Team City running on my iPad. The, the web UI for TeamCity on the iPad isn't super 100% perfect, but it's good enough and it gets the job done. The second thing we need is a web server. Now, when I suggested the idea of serving content based on directly taking the domain name being used, a web developer friend of mine made a funny face at me and started talking about path sanitization. So I spun up a new Linode that does literally nothing but host these static pages for blog post previewing. I set up an Ubuntu machine running Apache for hosting. Now it's time for the fun part, linking it all together. So we're going to be taking advantage of a domain feature called wildcard subdomains. So we can preview different branches at the same time. For my personal blog, this isn't something I use often, but it's handy to have and it's definitely cooler than just having a single destination that just shows whatever happens to be newest. So in your DNS service, you need to add an A slash quadruple A record for both the subdomain you want to use as a parent for all this and a wildcard subdomain. For example, for mine, my main domain is ikend.ac, so ikend.ac, and I added the static hyphen staging subdomain and the star dot static hyphen staging subdomain to my domain, and then I pointed them both at my staging server. Next, and this is key to the whole thing, is that we want to make Apache serve content based on the entered domain without manually adding an Apache configuration for every branch that we might want to use. That is way too much like hard work. Instead, we can use a standard but not enabled by default Apache module called vhost alias to help out. In the post, I've included a sample configuration file for what this looks like in Apache. I'm not going to read the whole thing out letter for letter here, but it looks like a completely standard Apache configuration file. Instead of except for a document root, you have a directive called virtual document root. And this can take wildcards. And in my path, I have a percent zero token, which will take the entire domain as a wildcard. So I have my content set up at slash ikendac slash public HTML slash content slash percent zero. And at runtime, Apache will replace that percent zero with any domain that's typed in. So if I go to mycoolblog.staticstaging.ikendac, it will look for content in slash ikendac slash public html slash content slash mycoolblog.staticstaging.ikendac. That was all a bit of a mouthful, but once it's up and running, our web server is ready. The final part is to get the content from our CI server up into the web server. Now, by default, Nanoc has a command called deploy. 
but as far as I can figure out, it doesn't support dynamically setting the destination directory like we want. Instead, my blogs repository includes a script to do the work. Now again, I'm not going to read this entire script out here, but the gist of it is, it takes the current branch name from the command line, it will sanitize it, so that is, it will replace anything that's not an A to Z character or a 0 to 9 character and replace it with a hyphen. It will then construct the directory name from that, so branch name staging.icandac. And finally, it will use rsync to deploy that directory to the target directory on the server. And there are a couple of notes about using rsync to deploy from CI. Firstly, since CI runs headless, it was unlikely you'll be able to use a password to authenticate through rsync. You'll need to set up SSH key authentication. I won't cover that here, but there are tutorials aplenty for this online. Once this is set up, your CI still might fail with authentication errors. This might be caused by the prompt that SSH puts up the first time you connect to a new server, asking you to verify the authenticity of the host. If this is done when CI is triggering it, it will immediately fail. If deploying to your server works from your machine but not on CI, try SSHing into your CI machine and manually deploying there, fixing anything that comes up. Once that's all sorted, it should work. So with this setup, I've been happily writing my blog post on my iPad and watching the preview come up in Safari a couple of minutes later. But what happens when we want to deploy the final result for everybody else to see? Now, the beauty of this process is that we've actually been deploying the entire time. If you follow Git flow and your master branch only ever has finished content in it, you could just point your main domain to the same directory that the CI server puts the master branch in and you are done. If your master branch isn't that clean, you could create a new deployment branch and do the same. In my case, my public blog is actually hosted from a different machine than the one that the CI publishes to, so that's currently a manual step for me. However, it would be easy enough to modify my deployment script to rsync to a different place when it detects that it's on a deployment branch. So, this was a bit of a slog, but the outcome is pretty great. With everything connected together, I can work on my iPad and get a full fat preview of my blog as I write. No real computer required, except the one running the CI server and the one running the HTTP server. It's not perfect, of course. Like many, I can do real work on my iPad workflows, it's a pile of hacks. But at least I'm part of that club now. The real downside to this is the latency between pushing a change and it showing up online, which is a couple of minutes in my case. This is mostly caused by my own setup though. My CI server isn't on a public-facing IP, which means I can't use GitHub webhooks to trigger builds. This means that the server has to pull for changes, which can add quite a lot of time until the build is actually started. It also takes the CI server towards a minute to build my blog and deploy it to the HTTP server. The vast majority of this processing time is taken with all the photos and videos that have accumulated on my blog over the years, and splitting that out to a separate repository will reduce the amount of time that it takes quite significantly. All in all though, I'm really happy with the outcome of this experiment. Real computers can suck it. I was actually pretty successful at writing this post on my iPad. I used the following apps. Working copy for text editing and committing to Git and working with Git. Prompt for SSHing into my HTTP server when I needed to tweak some configuration. Cascable, my own app, hooray, for copying photos from my camera, that first one in the post, and some light editing and Affinity Photo for sizing photos down to the right dimensions for my blog. Maybe next time I'll even manage to do the audio blog recording on my iPad. We'll see. Alright, that's about it for this time. Thank you very much for listening to my audio blog. 
If you'd like to get in touch with me, and I'd love to hear from you, the best way to do that is on Twitter. I'm Ikendak there, which is I-K-E-N-N-D-A-C. Bye.